Greetings and welcome to the one within all. This is Interverse, Season 3, Episode 21. My name is Chance, and today I'm talking to the one and only human dynamo of novelty generating and mind expanding weirdness known to some as Satori D. He's an all around artist type of guy, proficiently dabbling in things from poetry to video editing and lots of other interesting stuff, lots of good like digital art images that he comes up with. And he's got really awesome interview skills too. He has his own um, podcast type of deal called Infinite Imaginarium. And there's a group of the same name that you can join on Minds.com, which you may have heard me talk about before. Uh, Satori D is one of the many excellent friends I've connected through, connected with through uh, Minds.com. And some of you listening probably found me there, actually. It's a really good platform. We talk a little bit about why we use it in this episode, but for now, I'll just say you ought to come over and check it out if you haven't, because you won't believe how much wider your perspective stream becomes when you step out of the heavily controlled information lanes such as Facebook or Twitter. So make sure you check out Satori D on Minds and join his group, Infinite Imaginarium. And if you do go, you can join the Interverse group there too. And you should also look for the uh, upcoming episode of Infinite Imaginarium, where he and I have sort of a part two of the conversation that we're having here in today's episode. The episode notes for this podcast will link you to all that and more, and also a link to patreon.com forward slash interverse, where if you want to subscribe to help crowdfund this podcast so I can get better computer and better equipment and start making sweet videos and graphics and stuff like Satori D does, well, you're really the only one that can help me do that. I'm kind of financially, um, I'm all set on on debt. <laughs> I can't get any more at the moment. <laughs> so anyway, um, con- consider helping me out and you'll get access to like daily art posts and any other stuff I can try to grant to you patrons and i really appreciate you guys who do it already there's a solid group of over 40 of you and i love you all each and every one of you thank you so much music in this episode is the new ep sleepwalker by cadella a couple songs after that and if you like what you hear make sure you go follow the link in the show notes to follow him on soundcloud and enjoy all of the ep because like everything cadella does it is a sonic masterpiece and i'm sure he has a lot more Awesome stuff coming soon, so you should follow him. Anyway, thanks for listening, everybody. Keep your vibration high and spread the frequency of love and truth and unity consciousness wherever you go. And know that you have the potential to create life as you want it, as long as you can imagine it. And there will always be a path to take you there, as long as you're willing to take the steps. Now, let's go talk to Satori D. He has a totally similar mindset as what I just stated. And I think you're going to love the conversation. And we're going to start out with an original poem that I asked him to read. All right, here we go. of reality there is a deep nature that no one can see or hear a different world in there try to stretch out but you cannot reach try to grasp but it falls through try to think but the moment it does it collapses darkness engulfs all visions and sound heavy vibrations of eternity the formlessness of infinity the void the self are one entities sing beyond space and time but cannot listen from mind Damp smell of every wind, the bitter taste of reality, shadows in the corner of perception. But when you stare, they disappear. When you look, they are nowhere. When, when they are seen, they are everywhere. The silent knowledge brings whispers of reality. 
Oh, wow. That's awesome. Um, so everybody, this is Daniel, also known as Satori D on minds.com. What is the name of that poem? It's called Whispers of Reality. I like it because it really jives with something that I've been, um, you know, kind of preaching hard lately, which is the only way you can actually get hurt is by being afraid. And yeah. uh, it's surprising how many people, whenever you explain that to them deeply, they'll go, yeah, that's actually true. That completely matches my experience in life, but I just never thought of it that way. And it's super empowering and liberating to know that. You know, I was kind of like thinking about the similar thing. Um, and it's like every time I put myself out there with some, some poetry, like the more I do it, the better I get with it. But there's always, you know, it's the internet. So you get, I don't even get that much. Uh, Cause it's like, I'm not even like, you know, uh, but much feedback back when it's like negative. And uh, I remember one time I was having this uh, discussion with somebody and I was like, you know, like the downvotes and all that kind of stuff. Like, I really don't care. Like I'd rather have like a comment or a discussion about stuff, especially if somebody doesn't like anything that I post or whatever. It's like, but I still get like uh, nervous when I write, when I like my poetry, cause most of it is like personal stuff that like I have no other way to express it. So I like put it in a poem. And then, so when I, so I like always hesitant to throw stuff out there. I mean, uh, the more I do it, the better I get with it. So when I do get that like feedback back of uh, like someone not really getting it or, or kind of negative um, about it, you know, my first reaction was, is kind of like, ah, but then, but even though I get back negative, uh, like, my reaction is more like, oh, like, I feel not bad, like bad, but I was like, well, you know, they just probably don't um, have the same outlet that I do, you know? Like, because I think, because even me, like, the stuff that I don't like, but if I see someone putting, like, effort and energy towards it, and I think it doesn't matter, like, how raw it is or whatever, as long as there's, like, some some passion and some thought and some, and some focus into that, that, that gets like put into these different, um, artwork, uh, whether it's, it's a poem, a video, uh, music, especially music, uh, anything, anything, like it comes in all different forms, you know? But when I see effort, I go, I'm like, Oh, like I may not like it. It might not be my style, my cup of tea, but, if I feel that little bit of like, oh, they're, they're trying to do something, they're trying to create something, they're trying to make something, then I'm like, and even though I don't like it, like I could, I could, you know, respect that. And I totally it, understand. If you're, uh, if you're able to actually respect yourself enough to follow your own passions and express your true unique voice in the world, then uh, that automatically translates to respect for others including yeah. their work because a you know what it took for them to get to that point and b you know that everybody that just is going around um trolling on people or having <laughs> no real creative uh output themselves is only will, in that place of disrespecting with I do you know have, they only disrespect because they don't have per self-respect yeah, you know yeah but i do i do think for for a good troll there there is some skill in that <laughs> oh for sure yeah for sure but you and, know when it when it's just like kind of you can tell like where someone just like just says something just to like just to throw shit at it and then you just kind of like oh, okay whatever they don't have because like I I like I seen stuff that I don't like but like someone tagged me in and they're like oh what do you think about this and you know since I've I've done like podcasts and I do my own little video mixes and and so I I sat and watched it I know how much work goes into like making a seven minute clip, you know, like I was like, Oh man, uh, just like the audio editing or whatever. And I, I kind of like just give them like, uh, tips and you know, like even though we're totally different on an outlook and on how we express ourselves. But I was like, dude, like I remember one time, this is early on on mine's like, uh, there's this one guy that we always kind of had, uh, like we're always seeing, not seeing eye to eye. And I got kind of mad one time and I'm like, oh, that's it. I'm going to like, I'm t cause like I talked to him and I thought we were cool. 
I was like, that's it. I'm going to like download all this stuff. I told my friend, I'll go on the warpath. And I never do this. I, this was early on in mine's and I, I never do this. Any, I, that was the first time. But then I went to his page and he had like different videos of him doing different things. And then I ended up like going to his YouTube channel. I'm like, oh my God, he put in so much work on this. And like, no one's watching it. I'm like, oh, I'm going to start upvoting all this stuff. And then by the end of the time, like I was in there mad, but I was like, no, he's like really trying, even though like, his his thing was kind of being like the the way we didn't see eye to eye is he was uh for lack of a better word a Jesus freak <laughs> and so he's like a conservative Christian I and see. even even though I like he got rubbed off because I was like talking about like psychedelics or consciousness and I told him like don't you see like I'm basically we're basically talking about the same thing and you you can't uh, recognize that because you're getting hung up on these words this ideology I'm like that's what I don't like about it. Like I grew up a Catholic and I grew up like listening to what Jesus said and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, but you know, I choose to use different words because I think they have a, a broader impact. Like, cause I don't think like, I don't like how God in this modern sense that we use it has all this baggage to it. And, it, and when you say God, then it means something to like Muslims or, or Christians, and it has all this this baggage to it, and it's not really uh, projecting what what it should be. And I, I I like the word like consciousness or something that Allen Ginsberg said once. He said the main thing in the universe is nameless, so I give it the name beauty. And beauty is beauty. That's all there is to it. But if you're interested in yourself, then you're stuck with yourself, and you're stuck with your death. But if you get interested in beauty, then you launch onto something mysterious inside your soul that grows and grows like a secret in the same thought until you're it. So that art, beauty, consciousness, whatever, even God, you know, is that thing that's this nameless thing that is this out there. And it's kind of like in that whispers of, of reality, which is kind of me like kind of depicting um, these strange things that happen to me uh, in, in sleep. And it's like this, this thing that I can't put into words and every time I try to put it into words, it falls beneath my, it's like trying to like grasp water and it just falls through my fingers. And I'm always like chasing that, that, that mystery, that oddness that, that brings life to everything. I was going to say the Native American phrase for it is great mystery. And that's one of my favorite yeah. things to call it. Um, though, let's jump back a little bit. Okay. You brought up minds.com and that's actually where you and I connected. And, uh, how would you describe that in a concise way that would encourage people to jump on there and start uh, engaging with us there in a way that, you know, I can say, first of all, you're not going to have the censorship that you experience on your mainstream social media platforms. What would you say about it? Yeah. Mines is an open source uh, social networking site. And the reason I like it so much, I've been there um, since almost the beginning and develop a pretty cool relationship with uh, Bill Ottman and John who are the um, creators and, and founders of Minds. And they really, um, I have the sense that they have uh, this community of where, where they're going to keep to being um, about free speech as much as they can and, and really kind of want to empower people and not do all this kind of stuff that like what Facebook does, you know, it's a free site for Facebook, but they, they, you got to sell off your digital identity to, <laughs> to have it. Uh, uh, and on all these kind of like weird marketing stuff that they do, I have a feeling and I hope uh, minds will stay that way. But really w what it is, is to me is, is somewhere where you could kind of um, post up and speak, speaker voice um, there's a lot of different opinions on minds and um at first maybe for someone who's not uh is used to more of a um let's say uh closed off space like facebook or something you mean like just status quo yeah they, they might not necessarily like it might it depends on you know when you go there but if you like kind of what we we're saying before if you uh put in time and try to express yourself you're gonna find you're gonna attract the others this is something i kind of like says you track the others and Terrence then you, mckenna said yeah, find the others yeah and it, it actually yeah and so you'll 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 attract the others 
and it might be slow at first, but um, I think there's a lot of um, overwhelming respect for anybody trying to do something, uh, whatever it is, whatever kind of weirdness you're into, uh, as long as it's authentic. And if you're like trying to sell stuff online, you, like in a sense, like if you're using it to like market other stuff, like we have this whole thing about bots and like people went crazy about find the bots and just taking off all those kind of like spammer bots. But if they find out that you're like a real person that is trying to do something like, like uh, for instance, with you, when you started posting on uh, Infinite Imaginarium, I have great respect for anybody that's trying to do something. So then I started looking into your podcast and then I saw your artwork and I'm like trying to encourage you. Hey, you should like put more of your artwork in the, in the group. Like we love that kind of stuff. And so, I really like, need to. I'm just yeah. so fucking busy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so anybody like for me, that, that's what I like to see. Anybody trying to do anything, it, whatever it is, it's artwork or podcasts or videos or blogs, um, anything. And I think, you know, there's there's room for all types of voices. And for me, what I like about Minds is cultivating, finding uh, the others and creating the weird is my new favorite uh, motto that I have. <laughs> and so I, I've been trying to do, I've been doing that for since almost the beginning of Minds. I'm what we call the class of uh, 2015 <laughs> when it first got its launch. If you are definitely a scholar in the Terencian McKinney, uh, uh, you know, version of reality, then generating novelty is seemingly one of the primary aspects to why the universe and we exist within it. So I, I really loved what you're saying about that guy that um, he attempted to rub you the wrong way with his closed mindedness. And instead, you just supported what he was doing anyway, because even somebody that's in a, a position of willful ignorance about the truth that's right in front of their face, if what they're doing is creating things and having the intention to find the truth, even if they're really far away from it, there's a higher probability that they're going to actually get there and their imagination is going to open up enough to the point where they can start seeing different possibilities for reality and for their own worldview to be healed through that. So really like encouraging anybody to create and do what it is that they feel called to do is um, probably the fastest way to accelerate all of us out of the backwards and negative paradigms that we find ourselves stuck in culturally. Yeah, for sure. Because, you know, um, I remember we had this one thing and I think it was Adam uh, Millward. He does these um, mandala stuff and he wrote this article, Can Art Heal? They're really cool looking. Yeah, and he tells his story about how his artwork helped him to kind of like heal himself and all this kind of stuff. And then, so there was like this little back, not black clash, but someone said, oh, art's, art's really nice, but how, how can I look at a painting heal? And I think, you know, it was kind of semantics, but I think the process of creating, of uh, digging into your uh, inner world, your inner verse, and then projecting that out, that, that act of creating um is is the power of creation of healing of a beauty of this whole thing and i think you know if you are able um to cultivate that within yourself like we were saying earlier you know um since i spent so much time even uh prior to this whole satori d thing uh, I, I did poetry as well, and I kind of, like, did spoken word here and there, but it never, like, I never uh, saw my possibility of doing something with it until, like, mine's, like, I saw, like, a real possibility of uh, having a kind of a platform and kind of, like, really working more towards it and, and seeing this this power that that expression, uh, creativity, art has. And I, 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 I think with infinite imaginarium which is uh half podcast half uh decentralized uh artist collective that i that i have on minds that that's the real experience i want to give somebody that it's cool if you like our videos if you like our stuff but really what what i want is for you to create your own like video mashup for you to do your own expression so i think that act of creation, the act of, of doing art is something 
really powerful that that if you had that direct experience of it and then i i i don't see how like we were talking earlier how you could uh I mean, yeah, you could be critical of other people's work, like, oh, it lacks a little bit of heart, or maybe I wouldn't do it that way. But you wouldn't just, I, in my opinion, I don't see how you could shit on it just to shit on it. <laughs> like, you could find that little spark of, of truth there. There are creators out there who do actually do that exact thing, unfortunately. There's people who um, get YouTube followers just by trashing someone who has a lot of followers in a, some yeah. kind of response video. But the thing is, those type of people and also like people touting mainstream media um, viewpoints on things and, you know, therefore debunking or making fun of people with alternative ideas and actual real facts, those people who are are not actually expressing their inner world or their universe, they are parroting the conditioning and mind control that all of us are subjected to all the time. So... um, what is so important about actually connecting to your own inner expression through your creativity and not just creating for the sake of what you think others will want to hear or see or creating for the sake of tearing others down because they conflict with the uh, dogmatic worldview that you're holding. If you're actually creating from your own true self, that's going to inevitably start guiding you to truth uh, because your creations won't stand in you know, they won't stand in up against um, other people's analysis of it if they are inconsistent with truth in some way or in some way it doesn't work. Like if you're a painter, for example, you're going to get better and better at painting because that's what will, that's a, a natural, you know, that's a natural thing of doing something repeatedly. You're going to see what you did wrong and you're going to make an improvement on it. You're not going to just um, not do that. But in, in doing so, like, like the great Leonardo, Leonardo da Vinci would say, you can learn all you need about uh, your life through just getting really good at painting because all these different creative paths are actually spokes on a great wheel that lead to the same source and are emanating from the same source. And if we're actually on a, one of these paths and not walking away from source by rejecting the truth that's right in front of us all the time, then it's only natural that that's going to constitute some sort of um, healing because your knowledge is going to increase about source and about create creation itself. And ultimately learning the laws of creation are, pro- that's probably why we're all here. I would think, because if we are evolving into some kind of uh, future godlings that have more direct mental creative power over manifesting things in, in reality, then we're going to have to learn how to do that with balance and in a way that's harmonious because otherwise our creations would be harmful. So uh, it all starts with, it starts with the small steps of just doing whatever it is that you feel called to do. You and I have the exact same message for the world. It's actually pretty awesome because, uh, you know, whenever you start out making something, it's because you want to do something that you see as needed in the world, but that you can't find. And so that was kind of my call to action here is to try to encourage people to find their way onto their creative path while also attempting to do that for myself and sharing what insights I gain along the way to possibly be helpful and definitely be helpful to be hearing from voices like uh, who are actually making their own way creatively. So it's uh, really cool to have discovered somebody that's got the exact same kind of mission statement, if you will, towards why you uh, express uh, the weird, if you will. Yeah. Um, Also too, what I, (laughs) what kind of uh, uh, attracted me to, to you and, and to your post and everything was Interverse. And, and actually, it's this um, book by uh, Rick Straussman, and it's a collaboration, and it's called Inner Paths to Outer Truths. And when I read that that book, um, I kind of always use that as like an inner mantra, Inner Paths to Outer Truths. I just um, love how it sounds, but it really is amazing how – and this is why I use my symbol that I use is the the bee shaman, and I actually stole it from um, Food of the Gods, Terrence McKenna. I think his wife actually did a recreation of it. And so that is probably the first time in human history that we had artwork that was uh, different than just 
naturalistic. Like all the other stuff was just like uh, of like um, you know the hunt and and landscapes. And this was like in the deepest, darkest place of the cave. And and I you know not ironically, but uh, for anybody who has experienced mushrooms, you could probably sense why supposedly maybe a shaman went out into the deepest darkest cave in the dark uh took some mushrooms and then drew this thing this this uh <laughs> totally other type of uh has a bee face antlers kind of and he's like glowing and he has uh the mushrooms growing out of him and to me that i always find that fascinating and i think that we as humans uh this is where, you know, you were talking about we, we hacked into consciousness somehow and we've been kind of blindly stumbling around making uh, reality, but I don't think we have totally um, harnessed this power. And, and for right now, it's been like a detriment, I, I, I think. But I think the more um, we realize... Um, the awe of of the the chaos the the beautiful uh chaos that that is life and that we're a part of life and we're not different and that that connection that we have that we're just this this latest um chain in in this this uh novelty and and chaos of the whole progression of everything and that we get more in tune to the Tao, what the Tao is, the natural flow of things, that we, we could, I think we could have more fun, <laughs> first and foremost. Most certainly. <laughs> but, it, you know, that's this, this thing that we've been doing, I, I think, you know, it's it, the creative process. There's a, a whole lineage of, of this going on. You know, uh, we're we're standing on the shoulders of giants. I think you know the more people kind of, because I I think there's been an explosion of creativity, um, explosion of novelty, and and it's been weird how we've been kind of like in this present shock of things, because um, in my last poem that I that I wrote, uh, songs of humanity. It was me kind of like wrestling with this thing that um, I, no matter how like bad it gets, I still see a, a, um, I'm, I'm developing this um, web series. It's called Luminous Dark. And it's about misadventures in modern like society or whatever. But always like no matter how bad it is, like there's always this lining, like the darkness always like illuminates of of beauty of of creation, um, and and I I for me, you know sometimes when things don't seem like that's how actually I started writing poetry is like I my first one I wrote was uh, <coughs> excuse me <coughs> I'm kind of getting over being sick but um it was called unconscious tape loops. And I just, uh, I, uh, I was like 23 and, um, I, I just had a DUI. I just got out of County jail and I was feeling really bad about myself. And I was thinking, what the fuck am I doing with my life? And all this kind of stuff, just like, had this like mini meltdown in, in my room. And I was like, what the fuck's going on? And I couldn't like channel my energy into anything like I wanted to break something, but I knew that wasn't like the way to do it. Uh, and I and I didn't want to like go out and like do something stupid again. And then so I was like, you know what? I I, I don't know what to do myself. I'm just gonna sit here with this pen and paper, and then write out all these like weird loops that are playing in my head that I you know I'm not good enough. Or like I'm a piece of shit. I'm I'm this or that and all these kind of like negative thoughts and and who am I and and all this kind of stuff these unconscious tape loops that just go in the back of our minds constantly and sometimes it's not even uh in our own minds the things that we see uh out in mainstream media and all this kind of stuff that bombards us day in and day out and I 
I sat there and I wrote uh, like 23 pages of this poem. And then afterwards I felt like, like this weight, like, like I cleansed myself. And I always kind of like go back to this poem and I always kind of like refresh my memory. And so my whole process is always in, in writing poetry is to kind of like um, clean the hard drive of my mind. Cause you know, uh, and it's kind of like my own meditation or my own little thing, but you know, there's, there's stuff whether it's conscious or unconscious that kind of loops in your, in your mind and it could really, um, get to you. But once you like, kind of like, I find, I find, uh, I try to find beauty in almost every situation and even in the darkness. And, you know, there's, I don't know why this is true. I don't think it necessarily has to be true, but it's amazing to hear stories that happen in tragedies. Where, where random people show their humanity and and do simple things for people. And I, I think, you know, if we I, – I think it's always there and we're, we're just asleep or blind to it. But I think if we could constantly remind ourselves and wake ourselves up to that, that fact that um, uh, it would be better for our whole progression as humanity <laughs> – uh, yeah, the awareness of what is going on in your own mind is the first step towards being able to actually transcend that. What you get out of meditation or any other kind of awareness practice like your personal practice that you're describing is the ability to pay greater attention to what it is that you're thinking and then choose for yourself whether or not you agree with that thought and want to uh, hold on to that energy and project it outwards or if you want to go oh no that's just a loop that's just an extra tab on my mental internet browser that i can close you know i could close that one it's slowing me down (laughs) but so you you mentioned hacking into consciousness um a few minutes back and um to me that sounds kind of like the idea that consciousness as we know it developed out of our physiology and whether or not that's what you actually meant, I would like to clarify what my personal experience and research has um, shown to me, which is that we most likely came here in full conscious awareness, not um, out of what we would call consciousness. And what our brains are actually doing is receiving the signal of who we are at all times. Um, our hearts are actually involved in this process of reception more than our brains, I think. I think the brain is more like a command switching station. But anyway, um, what's been going on throughout human history, I see as uh, a return from a fallen state where at some point we lost this greater cosmic awareness that we are all, we are all capable of whenever we are still and whenever we look within and we, when we're not distracted by those things looping thoughts and our third eyes are open and the development of consciousness through history you can actually look in ancient writings and see that the way that consciousness worked for um say like homer when he was writing the iliad appears to be different than the consciousness of uh, later beings that were more self-reflective and an example i would give characters whenever they are going to do something there's no mention of any kind of internal reflection or internal thought processes. Instead, their actions are guided and, and a, lot of, a lot of times controlled by the gods. And that's um, uh, esoterically, uh, it's thought that our consciousness actually is generated from all seven chakras, which are connected to major organs and connected to the uh, seven planets. And that in the past, humanity actually experienced their reality through multiple points of consciousness, not just a singular um, brain, like cameras in your eyes, consciousness seated in your head way. And I think part of uh, our development now, as we go through these cycles of gaining and losing awareness, requires that we really focus on activating the middle um, chakra, the heart chakra, the thing that brings balance and love and compassion and kindness into the world. Like, cause like you're saying, there are a lot of 
tragic situations and the best thing that can possibly come out of them is when people actually help one another and uh, have compassion towards one another. So if we can cultivate that and creativity certainly seems to cultivate that because whenever you get good at doing something, it's only natural that you kind of want to help somebody else do that if they are earnestly trying and they come to you or you encounter them. And um, the darkness being something where beauty can be found in general, I think is a really important thing to understand at many deeper levels uh, that keep getting deeper and deeper. And one of those deeper levels would be that darkness is actually where things are generated in nature. And the inner darkness is where you see things playing out on your um, personal projector, the innerverse, if you will. So in this concept of uh, cycles of death and rebirth that humanity seem to be locked in and seem to be um, in some way connected to these major world religions and uh, spiritual structures that are powered by collective belief, then I actually think one of the most important things that may be um, required for us to transcend this entire life, death, time, linear time illusion is that at the moment that we drop our bodies and uh, finish our, our run here in the physical reality to not actually go into the light, but to go into the darkest point of yourself and go through that and emerge into your true inner infinite reality where you are the actual creator and manifester and not just um, one little character stuck in linear time the way that going into the light and getting a new birth and starting over and forgetting everything would cause you to do. But uh, I guess I could be wrong about that. It's kind of hard to prove without going, uh, <laughs> going through a death experience personally. But that's where I think one of the deepest, uh, po very plausible wisdoms comes in when considering the, uh, the silver lining in the darkness, if you will. Yeah. And going back to what you were saying about um, earlier humans and, and, and consciousness, I, I think, so for instance, why I think um, the act of creating, and I, and actually um, I saw this really cool documentary on math and there, and even through scientific uh, innovation, um, you know, a lot of stuff, like even with Descartes, uh, actually an angel came to Descartes in a dream and told him, uh, if you wanted to understand the world, it's through mathematics. And, uh, <laughs> he kind of started, uh, modern science. Uh, that's exactly what I'm talking about in history. Yeah. There's all, there's so many stories of some of, kind of spiritual yeah. being giving someone guidance and changing the way history Wait, goes, that it would be yeah. weird that if all of that was just a lie, when yeah. people have ver seemingly verifiable spiritual experiences where they gain information from entities and they're able to um, prove that they know something that they otherwise shouldn't know. You know, there's all kinds of yeah. that. And, and so when you talk to like, you know, when we do our shows, like we do our shows and we talk to different uh, artists and, and different people, um, I all, time and time again, I come to this point, you know, uh, where they talk about how they get into the zone and, 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 and they just, work on it and they don't they, they don't even know uh how they do some of the stuff they do and for me um the way i phrase it is is that i'm just a pin when when i get in like for instance when i told you that story the the unconscious tape loop poem uh at a certain point in that poem i kind of uh just got in the zone and just started writing and then later I read it and I was like, oh shit, what the hell? And so like my phrase after that was that I'm just a pin. And you, you hear these stories again and again of different people. Uh, the most fascinating stuff I hear is, is through like science and how different people say, you know, um, it just like came to me. Like I was like receiving it instead of like how we think of the regular way information works. And I think, you know, there's... The, the the local information that we all carry within within our our brain and, and through our experiences and and that but there's the non-local that happens 
the, the theory that I kind of like is morphogenetic resonance. And, and it basically talks about how there's these pockets of information embedded um, within the environment that us as different species or, or we do different things that we have access to. Um, he, uh, Rupert Sheldrake, he did a lot of that, that work with like animals and different things. Yeah, he proved that dogs yeah. know when their owners are about to come home. Come home. Yeah, and like all these kind of like weird stuff uh, of how our normal way of understanding how information works uh, doesn't hold up, you know. And and I think because for me, uh, you know, when when you go into that, oh, for lack of a better word, that uh, intuition, and it kind of you, this is what is so important in like with meditation or whatever you do, you kind of dissolve that, the unconscious tape to the, the, the illusion of that ego that's always kind of like. The saying, ego oh, yeah. identification, yeah. the id. And then once you dissolve that, then you go into this kind of, um, this more pure state of your awareness. And, you know, I think this is why, um, I kind of use psychedelics a lot to express this, but um, I have had different experiences without psychedelics uh, through meditation and and through uh, dreaming, more specifically dreaming. I've done so many weird things in dreaming, but um, it's it's always the same feel, and you get, you know, I always tell the story about uh, the first time, uh, not it wasn't the first time, but the first time instead of um, knowing that the earth is is alive like as an intellectual concept i i took mushrooms and i was sitting on the beach and i could feel the earth move and i just knew intuitively that i was like a cell inside of the earth and the earth was this living breathing entity yeah and, man i've been there on mushrooms too yeah, it's that, uh, completely that felt, real that felt experience is totally different than just reading a book about it and i think the felt experience of of getting into that zone is the same felt experience uh, of this, this connection to, to, uh, I like, I like the phrase Tao, uh, and the natural flow of things and, and how the, cause we're like, I also use this, this phrase a lot. And, um, it's called uh, songs of eternity and dancing to the heartbeat of the universe. And I, you know, um, there's this other great, um, uh, quote and um, there's you know more of these uh, scientists are debating about consciousness and uh, one guy said uh, consciousness is more than computation and it's more like an orchestra or music and I, I think that's totally true because you know how we and, and it has gotten as far as far as ever since Descartes and, it's, and the angel told him that if you wanted to understand the world it's through mathematics and the early philosophers <laughs> The early Greek philosophers actually believed in the concept of the music of the spheres, which was yeah. that, the yeah, the, the heavenly bodies would actually create music that a tuned-in human being could hear, and through that, be in flow with all of creation and playing their part in the great song, the universe, the one song, yeah. is what the universe is. Um. <laughs> I don't know where I was going with that. I just thought it was cool. <laughs> I mean, I guess that like you can hear sort of music in your head that doesn't exist all the time if you if you close off those repeating thought loops and you're mm -hmm. actually listening. Uh, happens to me a lot. Usually, it's songs where I'm uh, songs about my cats for some reason. I guess I think about them too much. <laughs> you know what's um, weird too? I don't even know where this is going, but this is a thought that comes to my mind. So one time I took a heroic dose of mushrooms and I was communing with a bush. So I had my Moses moment where this bush was like glowing with light. And then, so like my consciousness goes into there and there's this weird, weird humming, weird humming. And I was like vibrating. And so my experience of it is that I lose sense of my body and I'm just awareness communing with the glowing vibration of this bush. Then I go inside like the bush and then I'm like in this hall of vibration and light. 
and it was, I just remember this weird humming, like this, like maybe like a bee humming, but it was like vibrating a lot. And then my you brought friend, up the beehive. Sh- I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Then my friend like sh- shakes me out and he's like, "What the fuck are you doing, Dad?" And then I come back to my my body and I couldn't talk for a while and I had this weird humming in my in my ears. And then like later we talk and then I had that experience and it's very distinct in, in my memory now. But like three years later, I was watching this video on YouTube and um, I think it's called Stuart uh, Hoffman. And he, he did work with uh, Roger Penrose and they, they wanted to find a, a mechanism, a physical mechanism where they could kind of market of like how we receive consciousness and their theory was about microtubules. And he goes into this whole lecture. Um, I think it's called the brief history of, of consciousness. I'll, I'll find the link later so we could put it up. It's a pretty interesting lecture, but anyways, towards the end of it, um, he said that they have the sequence for the microtubules and there, he said that someone was doing this work with, uh, with sound and where they could get mathematical, uh, patterns and then turn, turn that into, octanes and 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 sound and so they said do you want to he goes he makes this dramatic thing and says do you want to hear what consciousness sounds like and he's talking about the microtubules and so they put him in this this algorithm and they play it and oh my god i had a flashback to to when i had my moses moment that humming noise was eerily similar to the humming noise that i experienced back then uh and i was just like freaking out i was like oh my god there's something to this. <laughs> That's weird humming noise. I have a theory about it, but I feel like it's too um, out there. And no, I go for it. Oh, man. <laughs> I don't... Oh, well, you talked about the bee shamanism uh, imagery. And I've had a lot of synchronicities in my life where, for example, I'll encounter somebody that's really far out on a psychedelic and really seemingly not even themselves and just saying stuff. And they'll say to me that we are, we are the bees. We are the bees, buzz, buzz. And the deeper I go into researching occulted information about the history of humanity and about the way that language constructs our, constructs our realities, um, it sounds really crazy, I guess, but it seems to me that the entire life and death rebirth cycle that's going on is actually related in some way to the harvesting of a particular type of fluid from human beings that allows extraterrestrial quote unquote gods that have been in some form or fashion with us and guiding and commanding humanity for thousands of years or more. It's a, uh, the ancient Greek philosophers called it Ichor or Iker. It's a golden blood plasma that's secreted by the spine and has uh, longevity benefits if used properly. And it's the honey or the gold that human beings were sent here to mine for, which is actually also a homonym for mind because we're all existing only in our own minds and all the physical experiences we're having are constructs within our minds. And I think that that humming, that buzzing, that universal sound that is hearable whenever your frequency is jacked up for some reason or another. For me, it comes on with psychedelics sometimes, like your your Bush moment, for, uh, definitely with uh, DMT. And then other times, it'll just come on spontaneously whenever I'm, uh, I guess get, my chakras are more open because I've been achieving a higher state of balance or something. But again, that just returns me to the whole concept of um, breaking out of the cyclical life death thing and getting back to our true state as infinite timeless creator beings. Because um, if all things, you know, if we are all expressions of that greater divine source, why should we, why should it take millions of lifetimes or thousands of lifetimes to return to that state with what we have uh, gained and learned in our journeys. Why not break the cycle uh, as soon as we can and crumble the false matrix that's been um, 
inserted here on the in this computer program reality that we're currently finding ourselves in because it's really not everything's backwards you know like i hate to sound negative because i really want to spread positivity and good you know uplifting information but that's what the whole bees thing really correlates to for me I, i'm sorry for how crazy it might sound to someone that's not really um look deeply into occulted information and the origins of humanity and all of that. It's not something that's easily, you know, summarized, I guess, because there's some, you have to just mine and mine all this information from uh, ancient and modern sources and try to find the consistencies and see what jives and resonates with your intuition as well. So anyway, um, I think that being fearless in general is the key to holding enough of our own energy to make a uh, quantum leap, if you will, at the moment that we terminate this existence and not get sucked back into another cycle and instead let go of attachments and realize that even people that we perceivably are leaving behind in this reality matrix are not actually being left behind because all of it was within and a part of us, the one singular being that we are all individual perspectives of um, persons and specs in the consciousness, if you will. And you can't lose anything by leaving and exiting any particular galactic gravity matrix. You can only regain that which is true. And anything that is true will exist in the place that you're, you know, the place that's more your own personal self-universe. It will still be there. And the illusions will be what you let go of. Still got you, yeah. Satori. Still yeah. there. <laughs> no, um, that is interesting. Um, I was just having this weird vision of where some kind of um, cosmic bees that are harvesting honey for some overlords. <laughs> yeah, I mean, kind of, possibly, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> um, that it reminds me of this story um and i always kind of like this this story um so anyways the story is this guy goes um this anthropologist goes down to uh, the amazon and he takes ayahuasca and he has like this crazy vision right and he and he goes out to like the outer skirts of our solar system and then gets confronted with this um uh, for lack of a better word, uh, reptile being that tells him that he's the true master of humanity and he kind of like scares the living daylights out of him and shows him the creation of, of our our solar system and this and that. So it kind of like really shakes him up, right? And he's like kind of like, what the fuck? This is weird. Uh, like I didn't expect this. Uh, this is the first time he took an ayahuasca and it's actually one of the first times too that someone's kind of like recorded it. It happened like in the 60s or whatever. But anyways... Uh, so he goes and tries to find, like, uh, try to make sense out of out of his vision. And so he tells the shaman, the shaman is like, oh, shit. Usually that doesn't happen to someone that's a newbie like you. He's like, uh, you're going to have to go to my elder and I talk to him. So he goes and it's this blind shaman that's, like, old. And he goes and he tells him. And he kind of laughs at him. And he looks at him like, what? Oh, those guys are always telling that story. It's like, I don't believe them. They're only the, the masters of this uh, little universe. They're, they're not in charge of everything. They're like, and kind of like laughing, like, oh, those, those, those tricksters are always trying to spin that tale to anybody who will listen to them. <laughs> and it's just like, it just, I don't know. I, I, I find it, um, I find it a, a kind of this like, um, good tale of that 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 i was like oh don't, don't you know don't listen to those those guys those guys are always telling that well ultimately and, he's right because the the beings that i'm describing are not actually in control of anything um in reality the only any beings that are uh non-physical that are in some way influencing humanity are only able to do so with humanity's consent whether or yeah. not it's conscious consent that's a good question but um the matrix isn't so much an actual completely false reality that we're in. It's the difference between true reality and the reality that we perceive based on our programming and conditioning. And yeah. I, I, um, I guess I got to 
ask you real quick because we're coming up on the time that we were saying that we might do Infinite Imaginarium. Are you still wanting to do your show as well, or do you want to stick around here for a little longer? We could st- um, stick around here, I guess. Um, let me just send a message to see if I can get Nikki in here, and then we could kind of like um, split this up. You know, maybe give me the other half of the audio later if that will work. Yeah, I can, can just. Kind of yeah, I can just send the audio to you. We can stay yeah. in this call. Yeah, and let's just keep it going now, because <laughs> I kind of. Um, want to touch more on this whole thing about um, give this uh, kind of a consent kind of thing because I think it goes back to what you're saying about um, fear is that and I, I think this is a lesson that's kind of hard to learn and you have to constantly kind of uh, keep on learning and is is that uh, the saying that I oops I put it in the wrong box the saying that I like a lot is um it's, it's this old Zen uh, kind of riddle and and it's kind of like um uh who's the one that makes the grass green and so like you ponder that forever and then you realize you're the one who makes the grass green and it is like you 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 have the power of 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 shaping your perception of reality and it this is something that I do as like a personal a kind of like meditation is Anytime I get like bugged by someone or anything, I have to like reflect on myself because it's really only um, mirroring back probably aspects that I haven't dealt with my own self. Because if if I was like totally all right with myself, then is nothing that anybody could say um, that would like make me feel a way that I don't want to feel, and you know. So you can only I, judge in someone yeah. else that which you perceive in yourself, but um, you are not wanting to be aware of. Yeah. And so like anytime I get upset about any little thing, I was like, okay, this is uh, like, you know, I guess I'll just use like a personal example. Um, Cause I'm kind of like this where sometimes I get um, uh, like, I'm not, the the not most reliable but i i'm not someone that will, will constantly like talk to somebody like you know like okay we're like oh i'm very bad at keeping in touch with my friends like i kind of always do my own little thing dude i know me too it's <laughs> a curse so, of the creative we're yeah, reclusive and so, yeah i'm reclusive and i'm always doing this thing and then like so you know i feel bad sometimes and i'm and i and, and then i like i reach out to them i'm like, sorry i didn't get to you and then they'll be like, oh, you're always doing that. or And, it, you know, they're not even, they kind of, my friends already know this about me. But then sometimes when I need, like, my friends, and I go and I'm like, oh, why are they talking back to me? Then I go into, like, this spiral, like, oh, my God, like, they hate me. <laughs> and then I'm like, stop it. He's like, you do this all the time. Like, you know, like, that's why you feel this way is because you, that's part of your characteristics that you, you need to improve. Because uh, that's that's part of my my shortcomings as a as a human being is not being uh, they're sometimes um, available to to the people that I care about you know um, like I remember I, w- I went to this uh, this lecture um, this online um, um, lecture and they were talking about um, you know like I, I think I forgot what it was called like open up the heart chakra or something I don't know is this a science of non duality thing and we're just talking about different things about meditation and this and that, but also to how there's a downfall in, in people that are doing this kind of thing. And they're like, um, like, Oh, they're, they're so involved in, let's say their themselves of like developing themselves that they block out the, like their loved ones around them, you know? And it's a real kind of, yeah, of course you need to, um, help yourself before you can help anybody else. But it, at, at a certain point, you won't point. be able to help yourself anymore unless you are actively intending and engaging, helping others. And others, you, yeah. don't, you don't even have to go out of your way, in my opinion, although going out of your way is a good way to accelerate your own development. Instead, just pay attention to who's there in your immediate daily environment, environment that can, that could use a positive 
bit of encouragement or could or is maybe ready and open to accept some kind of information about something that they were closed off about before, something that directly affects them. Um, you know, whether that's some awesome, crazy conspiracy theory that you want to tell them about, or you want to help them unlock the powers of their right brain and get them out of the left brain prison by introducing them to meditation. There's all kinds of ways that you can lift up the people around you. And then on top of that, people are going to be asking you for help at different points. And it's up to you to not blow them off. And that might be like, your mom needs you to come uh, paint her bathroom or something, you know, like, you've got to do those little things, because that like that sets up the reflective hologram nature of the universe to um, not just serve you in return, but also for others to serve others. So it's like, it's not selfish to um, create that kind of positive karma for yourself. In fact, it is just a positive feedback loop that ripples through for everybody. I'm glad we got to this point. I feel like we've uh, covered a lot of awesome ground. It's going to be interesting to see where we go over on Infinite Imaginarium. And I encourage everybody to go over to Satori D's channel, which I'll be linking in the show notes here, and find the part two of our conversation. I, I can't wait to have it. So I'm, I'm positive it's going to be awesome. You got anything you want to direct people to before the, uh, before the episode wraps up here? Nah, I, I think we're, we're at a good spot. <laughs> All right, cool. Um, thanks for listening, everybody. Hey, you made it to the end of the show. So that means you probably liked it. And I sure like you for listening to the whole thing. Wow. I want to be your best friend. But since I'm not where you are, um, and the only thing I can do for you is make podcasts, maybe you could do something in return for me. And it'll be like, you know, regular favor friends do. Nothing weird or sexual, of course. <laughs> um, I just need you to share this podcast with somebody else. Like, in person, it would be better than sharing on social media. But if necessary, just share it on social media. Do something to help us grow and reach more people. Because I really think everyone should get into their own inner creator and weirdness and generate some novelty so that the world can you know, evolve and change. Call me crazy. Anyway, thanks for listening. Go follow Satori D on Minds and join us there for a lot more interesting and free conversations than you get on Facebook. And definitely check the show notes to follow Cadella on SoundCloud and listen to this new EP, Sleepwalker. And speaking of that, here's a new song off of it called Save Me featuring Adam Johnston. You're welcome. Ah, enjoy. I love you. Talk to you next week. I can't go no